Blog Talk Radio. Everybody. Good evening, good evening. It's Tuesday evening, 7.30 Central Time, November 24th, 2020. And welcome to Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told. And Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB-FM out of Oklahoma. We're taking calls tonight. We're taking calls tonight. 917-388-4520, press 1, 917-388-4520, press 1. Tina Gertz, regular contributor, and we have the pleasure of co-hosting with each other on uh, for Oklahomans Incarcerated True Stories and How They Got There on uh, Thursday evenings, usually about every other Thursday evening. We're going to be amping that up pretty soon since we have, um, we're just pending paperwork back from our nonprofit Journeys to Justice, combining our efforts. Just had to correct something, and it's going through. So uh, we want to thank you very much for tuning in with us tonight Hot topics, hot topic. I don't know when it hasn't been a hot topic um, since on top of the issues within the Oklahoma prison system and the inhumane conditions that exist um, far too often, and that's only what we know, and the, uh, the suffocating of the information, the punishments if, and the retaliation, if uh, God forbid, you, you you know they should find out that you're actually complaining about their plush facilities, as uh, the Oklahoma Department of Corrections wants to put out these peachy keen rainbows and roses advertisements to counter what the realities are. Where was I? The truth is what we are telling you. So neither Stephen Burke, Marty Oakley. Myself, personally, professionally, Tina Gertz as well, uh, can be held personally or professionally liable for any error of content. That being said, I mean, we're seeing the real thing, folks. We're seeing the real deal from straight, you know, inside the prisons, video, photographs, testimonials, you know, of loved ones. Uh, There's just so much, not to mention... Two extremely damning conversations with both the Oklahoma Department of Correction, COO, and uh, Michael Carpenter, and as well, and I haven't named him yet, but others will be, will know who they are, who this person is, and 
I'd just like to hear a little bit more from him, but as well from an investigator at, um, for a grand jury investigator at the attorney general's office who just says this is just how it is and everybody knows it. Well, what is it that's how it is that everybody knows it? And, you know, in all fairness, if I had a magic wand, he said that uh, it would all change, but this is just how it is. Now, is that really acceptable? Well, what are we talking about tonight? What are we talking about tonight? Well, we're talking about Eighth Amendment infractions. Eighth Amendment massive infractions. And that has to do with offenders that are behind the bars, that are in prison, and what their rights are, which are not the same exactly. They're not exactly the same as ours, but guess what? They still do have rights. We'll read into that a little bit more. Very, very much want to hear from more people uh, that are willing to share their story. And you can come on anonymously if you like. I know that we've got some things coming our way behind the scenes because they don't even people don't even want their voices heard because their loved ones have been retaliated against. So I'm not trying to discourage anybody, but I also have to put that out there. I have to put it out there because there's always a risk. But I also have to put out there without people talking, without putting the pressure on nothing gets done so we stand united we stand united and we have a lot of information and we're going to be utilizing our volunteers very very soon to put their best work forward helping us out right tina yes we are how are you i'm excited for it i'm doing well how are you well i know you've had a crazy busy day and and week and uh, me too. I mean, I literally just walked in the door like four minutes ago. <laughs> so oh, like, ah! <laughs> but you made it. You made it. That's what's important. Yeah. I've, I also, for, uh, for, for our listeners, I, those that do follow the Injustice in Oklahoma Exposed Facebook page, I do want to offer an apology. I typically don't get too involved with politics uh, because I don't want to turn anybody away from the mission that we are unified on together and we can agree uh, to, to, uh, to disagree. And, and uh, I, I put a couple things out there that I should have just kept to my own personal page. And, you know, I think probably uh, most of the people that I am, you know, or uh, half of the people that I am, you know, here, you know, pushing for, I don't even care. I don't see politics with anybody that, you know, we're working for, united. We all have the same mission, I believe. Some of us have different views on how to get there or certain people. So I like to stick to the person and not the party. Um, but I was, uh, I kind of, um, I, I crossed my own line, uh, and so I want to apologize for that uh, when it comes to the pages, the advocacy pages, and I'm all in. I am all in for stopping what's going wrong and making it right 
So it's about exposing, sanctioning, reform. And uh, so I just wanted to add that in there because, you know, I just – I heard from one person, what is this about now? Where I thought this was non-political. And you know what? You're right. We're right. We're going to talk about the person. And I'll tell you what one of those people are. It's uh, Mike Hunter. <laughs> you know, Mike Hunter is one. Another one is Lansford. You know, so uh, and then there are the ones on the lower levels, but it wouldn't be happening if the proper o- oversight was taking place. So let's talk about the person not a party, because uh, quite frankly, I've always, until this year, um, uh, registered as an independent and then switched depending on who you're voting for and whatnot. So um, so let's go on with this show. We've got massive violations, you know, food that says not for human consumption being delivered to some of the prisons. We've got inmates that are dying due to medical neglect. There's overcrowding even to begin with. And then with this virus, you know, under these circumstances, whatever you think of the virus, you know, how it got here, what's the purpose, what's behind it. The point is that some people really are sick and some people really are um, at weakened immune systems. And those are the ones who are uh, dying from this and and you know when sometimes you're fed maggots and when you're living in black mold and living and breathing that and we've got a respiratory a respiratory virus you know pandemic called being called going around also the most at risk and not just the senior citizens and not just the immune immuno uh, suppressed uh, others but it's the ones in the prisons that are you know, being mixed with other people and that are using the same telephone some, in some cases, not being wiped down and disinfected, uh, where uh, many, uh, many uh, corrections officers and staff are not wearing, are not wearing, mind you, their masks. I have an audio recording that I received earlier uh, this week that was exactly a conversation. Well, why aren't you wearing your mask with a CO uh, and, and two different uh, offenders asking that? Okay. And uh, well, because I don't, I'm within a certain amount of distance. I don't have to, but I thought you had to wear it. Yeah. And walk away. Now it's a female, by the way, that was a female. And if I had my druthers about me, I would have sent that to our producer, Marty Oakley. Um, but again, that's being part, that's, being put in with part of the package. Um, You know, it doesn't take a whole lot to confirm this information. It wasn't that long ago, you know, that we put out um, a recording with, with Mike, Mike Carpenter, like I said, and he had just said, Oh no, no, no. He wasn't going to impose uh, through an affidavit that he wasn't going to impose this new GPS system on, on anybody, but yet, you know, you talk to them and, and you tell them, hey, look, the biggest defenders here with bringing contraband, it's, it's actually the, the, correct, the corrections officers. He wouldn't want to answer to that, did he? No, he didn't. He didn't want to answer it. He would not answer it. The first time we had to change the, the uh, conversation, the second time he wanted to go. Uh, both times he wanted to go, but changing the conversation kept him on. 
I mean, that's clear as day and night. We know who it was that I was talking to. We know that. It, it was introduced that way. So we have some very damning information um, that, should be, that should bring the Department of Justice back in to Oklahoma, back into Oklahoma to do more than just, you know, check in and, you know, take over for a little while. But you know what? Uh, they, this is something that is huge because this has been brewing for a long, long time. And when Oklahoma County Jail uh, was taken over and they would not let the feds in to oversee this, that was bad. Mm-hmm. That was really, really bad. Um, and, and so I think pretty much everybody's getting fed up with this stuff. It's just blood on people's hands. And I can't see, I just can't see, and I'm getting messages already, I just can't see them turning their backs on it because guess what? Then there's blood on their hands. Um, yeah, I've got messages coming in. So uh, let's, let's start this out. What, what have you got to share? Uh, with this tonight. Uh, let's talk stats. Let's start there. Okay. Well, there's been 34 COVID possibly, they list them as possibly COVID uh, deaths. And um, the I'm so sorry. Got to get myself together. Um, Most of the 30, I'm sorry, 34 total deaths. North Florida had the most with nine, but they also have the most amount of inmates in their facility. Their facility holds more people. So you would expect them to be higher. But yeah, nine at North Florida. Alone. Mhm. Mhm. And that's what's being reported. Right. That's what DOC reports. Mm-hmm. I. I mean, like, like you were saying, you know, they'll tell you one thing, they'll sign an affidavit saying another thing, and then they'll do a different thing. So you never mm-hmm. know really what to believe. So I'm not sure I trust their numbers on their website. Um, right. The people who are there know, and they tell their loved uh-huh. ones what's really happening. And um, If you listen to all those dings, people, I'm sorry if you're hearing them, but that's actually people passing on information. I need to have that volume up, um, but it's that, uh, so I can speak and hear. And you, um, but uh, that's that's people passing on information. That's uh, you know pretty pretty wild. Um, wow. Um, okay, so we've got oh, we have got over in Crabtree. Over at Crabtree. I'm getting messages that um, they've stopped serving bread over there. And, you know, bread is something that can at least fill up 
the stomachs for a little while, even though it's kind of like empty calories, probably the kind that they're getting. Um, so they've stopped serving bread. Uh, wow. Over at Crabtree. And let me see. Uh, so his breakfast was a four inch. Okay. Just like look at your, you know, just use your fingers, people, and look at a four inch. This is for a man, okay, a grown man, a four-inch tortilla and a, a little scoop of egg. Now, does it does it mean that that's not food? It might be real food, okay? It's probably, you know, fake eggs and all that, and that's fine. You know, hotels do that. It depends on where you are. That's fine. Uh, but is that enough calories uh, to, to sustain a, a, a man? You know, I mean, listen, I've got my two sons are, um, they're 6'10", okay? So for them, their caloric intake is much, much more than somebody who is, you know, 6'1", or 6'2", in order to maintain their their weight, right? Well, mm-hmm. we've got, you know, and it depends on the activity level, right? So... The guys are not getting, you know, the inmates, the men and women are not getting their activity levels that they might have depending on where they are at in the system as far as their privileges goes um, because of the COVID and, and, you you know, and and the lockdowns and the quarantines and whatnot. Um, You know, they're lucky if they get 45 minutes, you know, two or three times a week. If they're in the top level, right? If they're on level level four, is my understanding. What? How are they going to maintain their their muscle tone? How are they going to maintain? How are they going to get their vitamin D? How important is vitamin D? They're limited with packages that can come in, uh, and you know, I know right now people are putting together. Uh, loved ones are putting together packages for them for Christmas, and there are certain limitations. Commissary, most of the commissaries are closed, or the limitation with how much money you can spend. I don't get that because they make good money off of commissary, but I've heard it. I've heard it all around. Um, mm-hmm. Four-inch tortilla and a scoop of egg and a piece of dried-out cake. What well, we've seen what this stuff looks like. We've shared it on our forums. I mean, it's... Um, Tanya, that's actually a violation of the inmates' rights according to Oklahoma DOC facility operations. They do have the right to nutritious meals, and their meals are simply not nutritious at all. No, they're not. No, no, they're not. An egg and a four-inch tortilla is not nutritious. Right. Where's the greens? Right. Where's the where's the where are the greens? Where's the fruits and and the vegetables there? Well, my goodness Mm -hmm. gracious, we've got you know the the Eighth Amendment right. And the ACLU National Prisoner Project, they did a great job with laying out um, at, on ACLU.org 
I don't always agree with everything ACLU does, but I, I do agree, you know, or how they do it necessarily. But I do agree with this, um, you, you know, the medical care. Prison officials, this is what I'm reading what is written here, and all the references are here that are actually within the written law, okay? Uh, prison officials are obligated under the Eighth Amendment to provide prisoners with adequate medical care, okay? And I know we're just talking food. Um, now I'm moving on to medical care, so we'll go back to food, too. Um, with adequate medical care, and this principle applies regardless of whether the medical care is provided by government, governmental employees or by private medical staff under contract with the government. So whether it's a federal employee, okay, under the, the, the federal-run prisons, or whether it is um, the state-run prison, or whether it is a prison that has been uh, hired or that they're a private prison on behalf of the state, okay? Either way, those, those constitutional rights do not end. They just don't end. And in order to prevail on a constitutional claim of inadequate medical care, it's important to know because you might not like it if it took like a couple days to get out a, a, a splinter, okay, you know, but does that mean that your violations have been uh, your, your constitutional rights have been violated. Well, maybe if you died from that, okay? But in order to prevail on a constitutional claim of inadequate medical care, prisoners must show the prison officials treated them with deliberate indifference to serious medical needs. Okay, so now you want to know what that is? A deliberate indifference? Okay, so if a prison official, if a, a, some, a nurse, a doctor there, or if a, or if a corrections officer isn't re- letting you report something, right, um, if they demonstrate deliberate indifference, this means that they have recklessly disregarded the substantial risk of harm to that person that is in prison, okay? All right, and so that's, a higher standard than what, like, negligence is, like they might have been a glinter, but it wasn't going to cause substantial, there wasn't a substantial risk that was going to harm the prisoner, okay? Now, if that got infected, and then it starts puffing up, and it's getting red, and, and then, you know, suddenly that person can't move it, and they've got a fever, now here you go. Now, now, now you've got a claim. Okay, then then you could have a, a, a septic infection. Okay, um, so this is a higher standard than negligence, and it requires that the official knows this, that you have somehow let them know, and they've disregarded this. They've disregarded it, and it's excessive risk of harm on the prisoner. Um, so that's important to know. How do you prove it? Darn it, how do you prove it? Well, I guess when if you're fortunate enough to have a loved one that you're speaking to and uh, and 
and the person behind bars is saying, hey, you know, I've talked to the nurse. You know, I've let the CO, CO know I, I need to talk with the nurse or whoever is there, and they're not letting me get seen. They're saying, you know, they're too busy or they're just ignoring me or whatever. Well, then do you have witnesses? Do you have witnesses that are going to say anything? Oh, boy, retaliation could come into play, right? Who's really going to say anything? Not many. Not many, right? But if your loved one gets on that phone and they record that phone call in Oklahoma, you're allowed to. I'm 99% sure. They record that phone call. It says, hey, my husband or my wife or my friend has told me that they have asked for medical care and this is what's going on and they're afraid for their lives and nobody does anything about it. Then, you know, guess what? Witness. Witness. That's why you need to take notes, people. That's why you need to write notes. You have to have a daily log. Oh. What else? <laughs> I'm looking for, it was in Texas, but the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that guards, corrections officers, do not have immunity and um, for a man, I wish I could find the article, he was in feces for extended period of time because the sewer backed up. And they purposely, intentionally left him there. So I feel like the Supreme Court is coming around, seeing what's going on, and trying to help correct it. We've got to do our part to get it to happen in Oklahoma. We need to stand up. Because, I mean, we've had plenty of stories. You know, they had to take care of business in a bag that they got their lunch in and hand hand the bag back out to the guy who was passing out the lunches. I mean, that's disgusting. It's absolutely we've horrific. got to keep we've got to keep stories coming and so we have not just one from this facility and one from that facility, but you know, well how do people need to now's the time. Now's the time to stand up and speak out. Thank you for that. Yeah. It really is and, and so, you know, those wonderful lawyers that you do or don't have out there, okay? See, those are that happening in Texas. That can be used. That that can that can very well be used, especially in Oklahoma. You know, Texas is a uh, it, it's a bordering state. All right. Now, there's another case, and I posted it. In, in justice in Oklahoma exposed, I believe. It's not that I did it under Journeys to Justice, Tina. But it's where CPS was given a harsh, harsh fine, almost a billion dollars. They were claiming... Mm-hmm. Immunity, people. They were claiming immunity. And guess what? This is what we've been saying all along. I don't care what the state says. 
who's immune or not. Because the point is, if you did something that was under, while you were employed, and it was against the guidelines that you were employed under, if you're not doing your job, if you're corrupting your job, then guess what? If other people are being hurt because of your literal malfeasance, that's very different than making an error and trying to make it right right away, praying to God that um, that it's not too late. But if you've actually committed crime and caused harm, guess what? United States court, the federal, the federal court said no, no. You, you, my friend, do not have immunity. That is another precedent to be used. And if your attorney out there is not using that, then your attorney is not working for you because that overruling of immunity can be reapplied and reasoned and let a new precedent be set within Oklahoma based on these very good opinions that deserve to set the bar higher where it belongs and it allows your loved ones to live within a facility that might not have a movie theater, that might not have fluffy, fluffy slippers or, uh, or, or, or cushy carpeting, that might not serve you bonbons. But guess what? The heat and the air, and the air whatever the temperatures are in there, they need to be in humane conditions. If there's black mold, that, that would otherwise, you, you know, if if there's black mold, that's not humane if it's not fixed immediately, okay? If there's maggots going into your food, there's some things that are not left for discretion, people. If you're being, if, if you're being abused, picked on mentally, physically, without any reason for restraint, and you're being restrained, these are gross, 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 gross abuses of your loved one's constitutional rights. Oh, my goodness gracious, so much is coming in. Um, yeah. It's almost Tanya, like you have a, a caller on. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Tanya, you have a caller? Yeah, you have a caller, Cynthia. She's live and on the air. Hi, Cynthia. Thanks for calling us. How are you tonight? Any better I'd be twins. How about (laughs) y'all? I love it. You need to have a sense of humor, don't you? Because this stuff can make Um, you scream. Yes. That's the only way I kept my sanity when I'm like that. But... um, we don't allow our stray animals that 
are thrown away by society or run away and lost, whatever. We do not allow treatment of these creatures who can't vote, who can't have a job, who can't um, earn an income to help provide for family. Um, we're, we don't allow that kind of treatment for those dogs and cats. Why are we allowing that? Or actually it's accepted. It's been known for so long it's, it's almost sickening. And it's frustrating that it still is being discussed and not as a memory. Mm-hmm. Um, it is wow. inhumane. It, it's money. Um, and it's, it's ridiculous. It needs to stop. Now, what I do you specifically to... know? And do you want to talk about, like, which facility? Because I don't want to, like, give you away if you don't want to be given away. But what do you specifically know? Well, I lived directly next door to Mabel Bassett Prison for 11 years, 12 years, something like that. Ooh. And they have outside the fence, there was a farmhouse and a warehouse where they kept their lawn equipment for their pastures. Well, every weekend, and sometimes during the days or during the week, there would be parties going on in that farmhouse. And there'd be music and people just laughing and hooting and hollering. And, you know, I was uh, maybe about 75 to 100 yards away from the farmhouse. But uh, I don't understand how they were taking them outside the fenced area of a prison where they're supposed to be keeping people and, and treating them humanely, yet they're going outside the fence to a party house. <laughs> so on the you're same property. That they were accompanying um, the offenders to there go were out female to a party? Prisoners, there were free female prisoners that went out to that farmhouse that was on the same property as Mabel Babbitt. There were also guards that accompanied. I don't know if there were other people other than that because the way my land... I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't tell all that. I couldn't tell if other cars drove up or if they were um, actually making money off of them from people on the outside. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that they were always very loud and happy. <laughs> Did you see that it was the um, the inmates that were loud and happy, or was it the others? Or could you tell? Um, it was both. It was a party. They were having a good time. Right. Wow. I mean, if I was inside, you know, um, I would not choose to go outside, but they might not have had a choice either. And sure makes it a lot easier if you're happy going through it than fighting them. But I do know that they were at the house. The girls did never sounded like they were not enjoying the time that they were having. Okay. Um, but it still was so far beyond what is acceptable. Um, Did you happen to see people that were not working there possibly going in like it was mixed company as in men? I couldn't tell that, and I didn't want to jeopardize yep. myself by peeping Tom and, and looking because um, Fair enough. No. <laughs> well, I don't, well, I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair enough. But uh, 
there were male and female. It was a party in the house. They had the radio going. I don't know whether they were dancing or not, but uh, it was only guards and prisoners. It was not, I never saw anybody from the outside. Okay. Um, wow. So and, and this, was this typically on a weekend or a weeknight or? Um, it was during the day. Always during the day. And usually on the weekends. Sometimes it would be during the week, but usually on the weekends. But it was always during the day. Okay. Typically when the uh, the warden might not be there then, sounds like. Well, it, that doesn't matter. Um I went no, it didn't, no, it back, normally does, back door. Does um, the psychologist for DOC, for the whole state, um, used to come into the convenience store that I worked at. It bothered me so much, I had brought this up to him. And um, so he uh, he actually went to the governor with it. But I don't know if, or he told me he did. I did not hear him say it. But uh, he told me he would go uh, back channels to see if he could get it resolved without them knowing it was me, you know. Did it stop <laughs> while you were there? No. It slowed down for a little bit, and then it just picked right up. So. How long yeah, I mean, maybe six, six to eight months it slowed down, and then it picked up. Wow. But I had and my stepson come, come up. Um, let's see. That was... I was there like 2003 or 2004, so it was in between 2003 and 2014. Wow. I was there. That's a lot of parties. <laughs> I'm sorry? That's a lot of parties. Well, yeah, and there, it wasn't, you couldn't set your clock by it. Um, it was not every weekend um, or two days in a row or anything, but it was frequent enough that it wasn't out of the ordinary for me. Once I heard and recognized, you know, because I hear something on the property, I want to find out what it was, and that's how I discovered it to begin with. Um, And I had to warn my male children not to go over there. (laughs) You know, that, that would not be good. Oh no! So yeah, when those parties good. weren't going on, Cynthia, when those parties weren't going on, what was that facility known for to be used? Well, when they bought the property to build that prison, it had a farmhouse and a barn. So, and so like you said, it had all that equipment in it. Right for the barn, but they just didn't tear down the house. I think it has burned down and and has been removed now. Um, I haven't been out to the property since 2014, so um, I'm not positive on that. But I was told that it, right. it is no longer there. But right. My point is, is it is privatized, and it's privatized for money. The the people at the privatized prisons are not representing the state of Oklahoma. They're getting contracted out. They're their own company. They're supposed to be doing it by state of Oklahoma's standards and rules and da-da-da, but who checks on them? Them ladies were partying in that house for years. <laughs> I mean, wow. they're, it's almost like you're going to send the kindergarten class to a candy store and 
leave him unsupervised and not expect him to do anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, greed is bad and power is bad. And unfortunately, being Mabel Bassett and, and female population there, um, it just it just shook me to the bones. It, it really irritated me, and I'm surprised I didn't uh, go over personally and say something to them. Um, right. Because I've been known to do that. It's for being inappropriate in, in official places, you know. <laughs> right. Right. So, so what, let me ask you, uh, what, like, what do you think about, um, so, so that's, uh, you know, that's obviously something that shouldn't be going on. Um, and it does make you wonder, you know, what are the COs doing? And, you know, are they just taking advantage? Like you said, um, you know, people, if when they have genuinely, you know, honestly had a true a fair trial and whatnot, and they're, and they're supposed to be paying their, their price to society, Okay, they shouldn't be having parties with the COs, um, and and you know they should be doing their time and then you know be rehabilitated if that's needed and you know pay their price to society and go back out and and um, and be a productive member of, of society. You know, come out you know better than what you went in as, right? Uh, so but what do you no, know? And, no and, supervised. No supervised structure to provide that for them while they're in there. They're right. um, treated like dirt, like a subspecies. Um, letting them out for fights, prison guards making the prisoners fight for money and and um, just moldy food. So you know mold. this too. So you're another person uh, that can attest to that. And and how do you know that? Yeah. If you don't mind me asking. Uh, there was a guard, or used to be a guard in Texas. Um, he actually had a post that I saw. I'll have to try to find that. But uh, his wife is in prison, and he's just trying to get her out because he knows how it is in there. And uh, and this is in Oklahoma. No, this was in Texas. Or, he was a Texas was guard. Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, so this is a but his wife was in prison in Texas. I believe so. But he okay. just with his experience of being a guard. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> yeah. And he became yeah. a truck driver, but I will research that and I'll get you that information um on who he is cuz he is pretty interesting. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. We appreciate that. Thank you very very much. So so what do you think about the food and their uh, their constitutional rights being violated? Do you feel, based on your knowledge, that these rights are being violated? Do you feel that um, that they're given the proper uh, medical care based on what you know? Uh, you know, from my experience, the fault starts with the foot patrol, the engagers, mm-hmm. the enforcers. The police officers. Now, whatever is said by that person in that is what is to be written. That's how it is. Unless you have video proof or 
you're lucky enough to get two troopers to stop by and check on you while you're hooked and booked in the back of a local car. <laughs> um, it, it's 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 so rampant, and we're only hearing stories here and there. But I'm, it is, it has spread for so long, and it's just been accepted because they're respectable. You don't question them. Mm-hmm. You don't question it. And judge. I'm hearing My from gosh, Ohio no. as well. Massive, massive uh, 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 abuse in Ohio, and somebody who actually works for the, the prison system uh, has got a lot to share um, with us uh, in, in Ohio. So this is just uh, uh, this again. It's not solely an Oklahoma issue. This is a big issue. Yeah, we just have it cinched down on for the children. That's why we have two and a half times the national rate of women in prison is for the income of the foster children and adopted out. Yes, it is. They get paid bonuses, don't they? The more that they uh, that they um, uh, steal, the more that they steal, they get yeah, paid. It, they do. And and uh, I went to a pints and politics in Oklahoma City. Uh, the end of last year and you know they were sitting there talking and they're throwing out statistics and I'm like no they're wrong that's not right it's this you know and it was really frustrating they were former district attorneys now they were for justice reform but the spin that I was listening to on it was funky it was weird I'm like wait a minute you're gonna try to fix it with that (laughs) it just Mm -hmm. didn't seem right um if you're going to throw figures, throw the right figures, let them speak for themselves, quit putting spins on it, quit trying to make yourself look good, do right, treat our prisoners better, or at least the same as we treat the animals in the shelters. Right. You would think so. I mean, they get blankets and stuff, people donate, you know, and I guarantee you there's no black mold in the in the shelter pens anywhere. Yeah. And they're not eating maggot moldy food. That's right. Unfortunately, they'll get put down instead of fixed if if they're badly injured and needing medical. Um, But basically, that's what they're doing to our prisoners without giving them the medical treatment that they deserve. Um, They're humans. They're there to get it out. And and we've got first-time offenders, okay? We've got first-time offenders that, you know, again, you know, I keep bringing up this example because I find it so horrid. You know, you've got somebody who's in prison for 25 years because they stole a vehicle. Now, is that grand theft auto? Sure sure it is. Sure it is. Um, it, so their plan to make sure a vehicle doesn't get stolen again is to put somebody behind prison behind bars for 25 years and, and the taxpayers pay all that? This doesn't happen in every state. This is a state-driven, greedy, like you said, uh, uh, um, plan that is that where people are just not treated fairly. Is it fair to steal a vehicle? Heck no, it's not fair to steal a vehicle. But let the punishment fit the crime. You got, you have got rapists that get out. 
Much well, they don't even test the rape kits. They don't even test the rape yeah, kits. They're not them. using. Thank you, thank you, Cynthia. And they're not even using the exactly. So this case that I I brought up earlier, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this case. It's it's Presley Hardwick versus Marsha Breakin. So that's actually um, a CPS worker personally suing a CPS worker. Okay, the case number is. 15-55563, 15-55563, this is about a Washington State social worker, okay? So $965,000, right around that number, uh, to this family, can social workers lie in court to take away children and have immunity? And there is a clip right on uh, Tina's and my page, Journeys to Justice, of, of this ruling taking place. This clip from the Ninth Federal Circuit Court, Washington State Social Worker Standards, will be guided by the outcome of this decision. So, folks, this outcome of this decision, and like the one that Tina cited about a Texas prisoner, Texas inmate, Lane and Feces, these are cases that your lawyers need to cite. Oh, but my case doesn't have anything to do with CPS. Okay. Well, guess what? Define immunity. Define immunity and why this person does not have immunity and apply that your case, whether it's a judge, whether it's a prosecutor, whether it's a warden, well, you know, no matter who it is, I mean, they don't have immunity. They don't no, have No, you go file in that. <laughs> you you got to be careful. <laughs> I, yeah, Sorry. This is, this is true. No, it, <laughs> it is true, but if enough People are setting forth oh, yes. their affidavits, their declarations. Okay, that's constitutional law. You set forth an affidavit, and you you write out a declaration. Okay, set forth a, a declaration, and you cite your constitutional rights. You cite those rights. You have a ton of those out there. Heck, fifty, a hundred. You got something more to work with. You've got something more to work with. Look, I said I wouldn't talk politics, okay? But look, when you hear when you hear that somebody's got 150 affidavits for one state that you know that claims fraud, okay, that's big enough to go to the United States Supreme Court, right? Okay, so I, I think it's more than fraud. I I really think that it is an intentional. Um, I I'm going to say class. Because uh, it's not just women, although we're taking the big blows now. Um, right. I think it has to do with economics. So if you are a certain level or below, or you piss off one of those that are, I'm sorry for the, saying that, you, you anger somebody on the higher level that is in the upper crust, you know, then you will get the full force of the attack and the abuse of the system. 
And they do it on purpose. They do it to continue families having problems. You know, because it's not just... Mm -hmm. It's not just the person being put in jail and taken away from the family. If there is a family, each one of those mm-hmm. family members are affected. And they're counting on that, too. It's like they're seeding the crops. So when those children grow up, and they haven't had a, a male role model or a female role model, you know, because they were taken away. It's just, I see it all together like a big jigsaw puzzle that just kind of threw itself together and fits perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, no, I, it's like and a it's perfect sad. form for them. Uh, and it's it's been done for so long, it's, they've got it to efficiency level that, uh, you know, I ask lawyers, why do I have to have a champion to retain my civil rights? Right. Why is that an exception they, to the rule? Is that what you're saying? You know, you know, if I have to have a lawyer go and file and fight for my, you know, why do I have to have a champion? Those are my rights. Uh, I shouldn't have to hire any lawyer. I shouldn't have to fight or demand. You, you know what? Right. You're right, because I, the prosecutor should be taking that on. Yes. You should be able to present mm-hmm. that to a prosecutor. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> no. But should be able to present that to the attorney general. But he doesn't work that way either. No. But he's supposed to. But he is supposed to. No. Because he the answer, over. Uh, and then I prompted all these, because they're mostly lawyers, and I said, um, okay, answer me this. Why, when you're in court, and you see somebody's civil rights being taken away from them by the proceedings in the court, why aren't you obligated by oaths that you've taken to stand up and protect those? Uh, Mm -hmm. Well, we do what we can. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they were talking about they're not doing their job. They're not doing their job because they will be blacklisted. But guess what? If there's enough lawyers... In that state, you know, they'll be blacklisted at best, right? Uh, if, the, the, if there are enough lawyers in that state that claim they really care about you and that they're doing the best that they can for you, then they need to actually find each other and do something about this. Because they'll be making money no matter what, because they're because they're going to be fighting, uh, you know, just to get somebody out, uh, uh, you know, a prison earlier for you, okay? But maybe they shouldn't have been there to begin with. And if you fought that denial of due process, if you fought thank you that thank fraud, you. if you fought that perjury, then guess what? They wouldn't be in there to begin with. Am I right? That is correct. Yeah, I survived an illegal arrest, illegal impound, illegal inventory. I didn't file anything because that was a retaliation strike from the um, a complaint I had filed on a police department earlier. Um, okay. It, it, there's just no place to go. There's You have to do it in mass. You have to do it collectively as the public. So, yes, we do need to get more affidavits coming in. 
Okay, so listeners, are, are, are you hearing those, those in Oklahoma specifically right now for this? I mean, has this happened to you? Do you get in trouble for asking for help where you're supposed to? Is there really access to justice for you? Is there, is there really access to justice? So we need, you know, affidavits, affidavits, declarations from you, nothing cookie cutter. Just you state the facts, what happened and what is against your constitutional right. They're not hard to find, but if you want somebody to point out what that is that appears to be a violation of your constitutional right, let's have a talk. Let's have a talk so you can fill that darn thing out and sign it. Let's oh, have a talk. I, unfortunately, I, I see so much. There was even a judge when, that I could not witness my daughter's proceedings um, because she announced, that if your name wasn't on the docket, get out of her courtroom, or it would be. Um, wow. And, and what court was that? Oklahoma City. Oh, um, boy. Actually, it was a county. Yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, you're going to be in touch with um, us, right, about this? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. Are, are you going to be in touch with us, or how do you feel about an affidavit? Have you filled one out? Man, yeah, I could. Yeah. I didn't even we, think of it, affidavits being a way that I could write my book. <laughs> right. Well, this is what we're doing also, is we are putting together a, a, a book of these affidavits. Um, you know, we are dotting the I's and crossing the T's, but the affidavits, are also going forward to the, the to the um, you know the last ditch efforts with within Oklahoma, but to the Department of Justice. And so, and uh, I was told by somebody that because um, I talked whenever I was a customer relations person, and uh, this person had brought up, he had sorry. a case uh, customer relations. Oh, okay, um, thank you. All right. Um. I would personalize. I'd just start babbling and, you know, people babble back. And Anyway, he had Get brought up a case to the Supreme Court, and I told him, I said, you know, my statutes are gone, and this is 20 years ago. That's kind of why I'm okay with talking about it now because it's not going to do anything, and they've already written me off as a wackadoodle, so I don't care. <laughs> but You're not uh, the only one. That's their mission. That's their mission is to discredit you from the very beginning. Yeah. Yep. So the statute of limitations was argued in front of the Supreme Court, and I I don't have the logable information, but his uh, stand was, if the effects from the original crime affects you every day, then every day, the statute starts over. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you, in other words, are suffering from legal abuse, legal abuse syndrome, okay, then exactly, that is exactly right. And does fraud, uh, uh, I mean, does, uh, right, that is the number one, yep. Wow. Very good. That's, fantastic advice that's fantastic um, advice that you're given and and you know it's a matter of upholding it it's a matter of upholding it 
Um, yeah, and I, uh, I do not know enough legal stuff to uh, stand up strong by myself and, and feel confident that I was doing the right. Um, the cost is also, or the possible cost has also been thought. Um, but as I get older, it's not becoming as much of a thought anymore. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, well, you know, because, see, the thing is, a lot of people find out the hard way, you know, and I'm speaking from my own personal experiences, too. You you know, if you try to fight the courts on their level, um, you, you know, they can, they'll, they'll just, like, they'll just blame me every time with a new law that they created, okay? Um, now, you can use some of those laws that they created, such as these ones that are claiming, no, there's no immunity, but let's not forget that the number one, number one best defense is your declaration of independence, is your, is your, are your rights, are, are the, is the fact that you have those constitutional rights uh, to be given fair and due process. Now, what does that mean? It means exactly that, that you have right to a speedy trial, that you have a right to bring forward evidence. If it's being suppressed, then that's denial of due process. If you keep being told that you can talk and you can't talk, that's denial of due process. If there's, being, if there's bias and you can prove it, that's denial of due process. If there's a lack of evidence <laughs> to be on the preponderance of a reasonable doubt, then that's denial of due process if they have, you know, ordered, if they have found something to be different. Um, you know, and so it is those constitutional amendments that allow you so much more than if you are going by the letter of whatever new laws that they decide to put in place. So, you know, it's kind of like a gas station. One day, this is the price. The other day, this is the price. Okay, fine. That's gasoline. That's not your freedom. But to whom do you take this to? This is this is where the affidavits claiming these violations of your constitutional rights would best come together <laughs> and be yeah. brought forward to the Department of Justice. And uh, once again, you, you know, I have a whole bunch of them from. Uh, prior to me working, you know, with the pri- with the prison system, okay, uh, you, you so know, the and, year and the year doesn't matter. You're just gonna have them as pattern and provable uh, because of the information. Matter. The year does not matter. All it shows okay. is these patterns of consistent right. denial of due rights. Who did you call at the Department of Corrections? Who did you call? How did you try? What kind of complaints did you put in? And what was the answer to that? People need to create a paper trail. It's like if you've got a problem with the bar, you know, if you if you have a problem with an attorney and you clearly put out what those problems are in accordance to uh, your constitutional right and you bring it to the bar and they try to tell you there's no jurisdiction, okay, you know what, nine times out of ten, they're lying. That's cookie cutter. Nine times out of ten, yes, it is their jurisdiction. That's just their initial thing to get you 
off their back. The and judges have one of those to... things, too. Yes, yeah. the judges have one, too. You're right, the Judicial Oversight Committee. It's a box guarding mm-hmm. the hen house people, and the, mm-hmm. the Oklahoma Bar Association has become an arm of the Supreme Court. The, Oklahoma, the Bar Association is a private entity, first of all. They, they have, they're actually in the Constitution inside of Oklahoma. That is a perversion of the United States Constitution. So why aren't the legislators fighting that right now? Complain, people. Go look it up. Complain. Talk to your they, representatives. They also told my daughter at lunch break, if you don't have an attorney when you come back from lunch, I'm going to put you in jail. And that's unconstitutional as well. Exactly. At that time, it was like 10 days before the new statute came into effect, but my daughter bonded out. So since she had money to bond out, she had money to get an attorney, and she had to get one when she, you know, bring one back with her from lunch or she was going to jail. And that's the same judge that said, if your name's not on the docket, get out. (laughs) So I I guess self-preservation was in play there for her <laughs> is this in oklahoma yeah yes okay yeah oklahoma so i mean yeah this is i mean oklahoma i've never seen courts uh, run like this in, in in my life i've 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 been in some courts in new jersey i've been in them in in not new hampshire um a couple of other states but in oklahoma it's like free reign for those Bar card attorneys to go in and out of the files, back and forth between, uh, at, at least in certain districts, Tulsa District Court, where the Star Chamber is believed to be, um, where they just go, the attorneys go in and out, talk to the, the judges like nothing. And you can't do that. You cannot be having ex parte conversations, okay, where they're actually pulling files and not signing them out, not signing them back in. Uh, it's crazy. No wonder there are so many missing files and missing originals. And guess what? They actually can go in and they can alter the docket. They say that they can't, but they can and they do. All right? So everybody also needs to learn to download your full docket every now and then. Download your full docket. That means include any attachments on it. All right? Um, if your docket has been sealed, why has it been sealed? Okay, if there's a minor, that might be one reason. Personal information like social security numbers, certain medical things, that should be sealed. But a lot of times you're going to find that there are matters that are sealed. And why? Because so they they're not properly, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, exactly. And then you do go to that clerk, as they say, to to get the record of what happened. Oh, it's missing. It's, Why do you want it? It's going to cost you a million dollars. It's it's no, it's insane. It's a well-oiled machine infiltrating yep. the corruption in Oklahoma. My divorce paper that I filed and actually saw the clerk stamp disappeared, and I became the defendant in my own divorce that I filed. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, it's, I, I experienced a whole bunch. And my husband's attorney was uh, representing the judges 
um, son in his divorce that was nasty and going on at the same time that I was being uh, privileged to be part of this court system. Um, yeah. No. So. I, you know what? We should we should talk because we're we're going to you know circle but around to and you know get back into but not to eliminate. Um, you know, the prison system gets into the family court. Uh, it, it really is well, that they almost got me into court, it. but worse. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's, a it's can- just it's engulfing the whole everything. <laughs> Devastated you, didn't it? Um, well, yeah. They they squeezed me out of my life. They didn't squeeze the life out of me. But they squeezed me out of my life, and um, uh, grotesquely, uh, I'm not. I'm not even angry anymore. It, it's just really sad because I know I'm not the only one. Right, and so, and and that's the thing. If you become a part of a community of people that they had to go through this whole thing, like, are you kidding me? Am I losing my mind? Or why are they doing this to me? I, I, you know, and then you do these check-ins. Is this real? Because he, and then you start telling people, it's like, no, they can't do that. That's illegal. No, they wouldn't do that. How can they get away with it? And then bingo, you finally start finding out that you're not alone. Thank goodness. Because it's a big relief, even though it really stings. Right? Oh, yeah. And you find out you're not I alone. Protested. I protested, and I no more pay for Kay. She was a district attorney, and it was an election year. So even though, you know, I don't know, I'm really strong. Uh, and I, yeah, I, can hear that. I wanted to go crazy because if I went crazy, then I could get revenge and I could possibly protect my kids when I wasn't able to doing it the right way. It's, but um, thank goodness I had. Right. Like I said, you can't beat them at their own help. game because they'll just come up with a new law. And you know what? And how is this? If you, act for, if you ask for the facts and findings, you know, at the law, what do they say? Denied. <laughs> it's because I said so, right? Oh, yeah. It's because I said so. Well, if they can yeah. court order you to break the law, a judge can court order you to break the law, then there is no boundaries. And the abuse in the whole system, I mean, it is, it is so rampant because it's, been acceptable for too long. Yep, you're right. So this stuff isn't happening in, in, with the prison system. It's happening in, in the family courts. It's happening in CPS. It's happening in DHS. It's happening in probate court, okay? It's happening in probate yes. court where there are judges that are actually involved in uh, and lawyers and accountants that are involved in stealing billions, 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 and they are being protected. And they are still doing what they do. Um, so it's this is it. It's a, it might not be every judge that's a bad judge. It might not be every prosecutor that's a bad prosecutor. It might not be every defense attorney that's a bad defense attorney. It might not be every public defender that's a bad one. But see, the bottom line is, is if you're in a situation that's predetermined no matter what you have, because of some kind of malfeasance going on, some protections that are going on, um, then then you're just going to be screwed. You're just going to be screwed, screwed, glued, and tattooed, 
and um, and, oh, yeah. and, uh, and and this is where you know what it's going to have to be empowering for you to stand up and oh, and get all the others know they wanted, that they're not alone and come together. Right. So stay with us. Stay with us. We're, we're going to get back to uh, some some little uh, some little big uh, inmate infractions right now. So uh, I'm not going to say this person's name, but her man had an access to filled out. Uh, and they filled out a med request for a dentist. They returned saying, uh, said it wasn't done right. He asked how to do it. Do it. Um, they were cruel, and they said to do it yourself. Um, uh, and she was messaging, took an ex-employee that liked her, this loved one, uh, on the outside, to call and, uh, and, and finally get him in for an abscess tooth, okay? So an abscess tooth, guess what? That's an infection, right? Um, uh, let me see. What else do we have? I had a lot of things come my way here. Let's see what this is. Uh, Tina, what do you have coming your way? Oh, my goodness. I've got tons of messages here. I am hearing. I can't go into too much detail about it on air, but I am hearing there's a guard at one of the facilities that is um, supposedly frisking people while they're asleep and basically feeling them up. And this is an immense prison, correct? Yes. So it's not really a frisk. It's like they're being molested. Oh, correct. Correct. While they're sleeping. While they're sleeping. Yeah. And there's more than one person that's come forward about this, correct? Correct. They're not allowed to file grievances. Of course, like you and I have discussed, a grievance is not an inmate right. It's a privilege. Yeah, so what what do you do then? <laughs> you know what I mean? What can a person right. do? Um and well a grievance genuinely is not it's not really a privilege, even though they might say it's a privilege. Um Well that's what I'm saying. They say it's privilege. Oklahoma. Right. So they're right. refusing to give them a grievance, and then they're retaliating against them just for asking for one. And then, you, and then, and then, you know, the ODOC is all upset because people have phones, contraband, mm-hmm. and that's because if they if they didn't, they couldn't be sharing this information, could they? Because they listen in on your conversations. Okay, all this stuff is okay if it works both ways. But it doesn't seem to work both ways. So if if the ones that have all the rights are just the, the the corrections officers, ODOC, anybody to do with the state, okay, but yet mm-hmm. the offender does not have any rights, first of all, that's not true. They do have rights. But if you're not going to, but they're trying to put everybody, and they're very successful with it in a corner where there's no way this information can be leaked out. And oh boy, oh boy, did we blow that up? 
we blew it up, and you know, and that's where all these really little, you know, advertisements came out from the ODOC. Well, we're not gone. We've just been busy mm-hmm. putting it together. So right. um, here's something right here. Octo- on October 30th, this is from somebody else. My son called said he just woke up since they got a TB shot that he has been feeling bad that they all have. What shots have they been given? Does anybody else know about Department of Corrections giving any shots. Anybody have any answers out there? 917-388-4520. Press the number one. We've got just about 15 minutes left. Uh, when you're arrested, they give you a TB shot before you're even booked in. Um, and then somebody said, um, somebody else said, chimed in and said that her husband had a TB shot a few weeks ago, maybe. And this is pertaining to... Uh, um, offenders, uh, and then, yep. So another one that said yes. Uh, uh, the her husband had it too. Okay, let's see. Um, some uh, somebody else said uh, that her husband had to take shots, but he refused, and so did others. Um, and yeah, Department of Corrections, somebody is saying Department of Corrections is mad because of all the bad media, and that's why they took good time um, away from them. They're looking hard to find anything to blow up and twist, and then took to the AG back to them. Uh, Governor can reverse this in less than a week. I'm just reading what I'm being uh, shared. So, um, yeah, and they're saying that that's not uh, that they don't have the right to take away that good time. Oh, gee, let's let's talk to other states and see if they uh, had to pull their good time. That's you know, that's malarkey. Um, let's see what else am I being given. Lunch and dinner, okay, this is from the earlier message. Lunch and dinner was the same tortilla, one half of a one half of a hot dog that was sliced down the middle, a scoop of potatoes, potatoes. He said about three bites at the most, and the dry cake, but half the size that he got. At breakfast. All right. So, where's the nutritious meal? There is no nutrition. Where's the nutritious meal? Where are wear the masks for those that work there that are supposed to be wearing masks to actually keep the ones that are most vulnerable from being infected. Those that are the most vulnerable 
are those that are sleeping in super hot conditions, super cold conditions, those that are, are not being treated medically for what they need to be tra- treated for, those that are uh, breathing in black mold, those that can smell gas fumes, those that have puddles in the, uh, with, uh, and petri dishes in their cells. They become vulnerable and compromised when they didn't even go in there. Vulnerable and compromised. Tony, have I shared with you about the quarantine at Lexington? I can't remember if I did it on air or not. Um, Why don't you go ahead and do that? Okay, somebody who was getting released uh, was tested for COVID, and they tested positive. So everybody that he was in contact with, they put in quarantine. They were in quarantine for three weeks. They were never given a change of clothes that whole three weeks. Um, One cell, the window was broken, so it wouldn't shut. And this was when, you know, like now it's like 30 degrees at night. You know, it, it was chilly. Um, and they had to wait for days for blankets. Um, they were never given utensils to eat with. So they literally had to eat like dogs. Um, they weren't given cups to drink with. So they had to cup their hands and they never gave them toothbrushes and toothpaste. So they, one guy, at least one, used soap on his finger to brush his teeth. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they never got tested. They just held them there for three weeks before they let them go. Oh, my goodness. Those are horrible, horrible conditions. Absolutely horrible conditions uh, to have to uh, see. This is nothing to do with their prison sentence, okay? And what part of this do these states not get? This is not part of their prison sentence. They get X amount of years. With parole, without parole, with this, without that, whatever it is, they do not get these other punishments that are being inflicted upon them that are within <laughs> that are within their right to receive the proper treatment. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. This is just absolutely crazy. So listen, I just posted, and I will share this, but I just posted on Injustice in Oklahoma Exposed Facebook page um, a great uh, a link, okay? Uh, and the link is, is um, I'm just opening it back up, but this is a phenomenal piece of education. The Law of Prisoner's Right, a summary for masters, United States Department of Justice, National Institute of Justice. This is 13 pages long, people, okay? Uh, September 1983, hey, guess what? 
1983 was a good year, right? Good year, United States, uh, the 1983 uh, uh, USCAA. Uh, uh, goodness, for the life of me right now, I can't remember what, it's, what that's called, but it has to do with, yes, your constitutional rights, whether you're prisoners or not. So take a look. I have not read this in full, and, and you really scoured it. I've just scanned it, and I've shared it. Let's see what we can pull out of this article. Um, and it's a handbook. It's a handbook. 1983, federal habeas corpus. The federal habeas corpus law. So now, you know, as always, you need to, um, you need to exhaust all other remedies before you go federal, Okay. And, and, and so that means, you know, if you start district and you go to state and you appeal and whatnot and you don't agree without appeal and you have the proper uh, rights behind you that can take it to another level, then that's what you do. You just don't stop. You just don't stop. If you want to fight this, if you want to change something, then that's how you do it. And you share your affidavits that are going to be packaged together to fight for your rights, your loved one's rights, and those others that are like sitting ducks. We've got to stop this. Cruel and unusual punishment. The Eighth Amendment protect, prohibits the infliction of cruel and unusual punishment. Beyond this broad prohibition, however, no definitive legal standard has been devised by the courts oh, to interpret that clause. Consequently, the decisions and the standards apply may vary with the court in which action is brought. So it's up to interpretation. Now, there are some cruel and unusual unusual punishments, okay, that don't need any interpretations whatsoever. What is rape? That's not a punishment. That's rape. When you're being raped in prison, when you're being beaten in prison, take a look at that, people, okay? That's been shared on Injustice in Oklahoma Exposed Facebook page. We've had a lot of information come our way tonight. Haven't had the opportunity to share it all. Tina, what else do you have there? Because we're about ready to close out. And Cynthia, um, yeah, go ahead, Tina. I just have a comment on what you posted about the law of prisoners' rights. It says a summary for masters. Did you see that? Yes. I just was shocked to see that there. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and, and again, I just scanned it, so I really want to, you know, delve right into it. Um, right, right. I was just looking. Wow. For masters. Uh-huh. Well, that's what they think they are. The masters yeah. of the universe. They rule, you know. 
Okay, so I'm not exactly sure who that um, was actually um, directed towards. So I'm going to have some reading to do uh, tonight. Um, Tina, uh, Cynthia, before we head out, uh, I've got just a couple minutes. Do you have anything else that you want to add? Yeah, can you send me a affidavit form? <laughs> sure, sure. Um, can you? Uh, uh, sure. Can can you um, message? No. I, yeah, I've, I've I've already. No worries. I got okay. the contacts made already. That's yeah. a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. Encourage anybody else to do that as well. Um, so Tina and I are doing a fundraiser for Journeys to Justice as we are on this journey with you uh, to go to Washington, D.C. Uh, and uh, present all that we have to present. Tina, do you want to talk about that fundraiser for just about 30 seconds before I close out for tonight, where it can be found? And, and it's actually, we're not just asking for money. We're helping you cross some things off that uh, Christmas list. Uh, it's Origami Owl, and it's on um, Oklahoma, I'm sorry, Oklahomans Incarcerated, True Stories and How They Got There. We've got it posted on Journeys to Justice and Injustice in Oklahoma Exposed Facebook so pages. Nice jewelry. There's some nice little handmade baskets. There's a Disney there, Disney collection. Um, so, you know, There's if anybody, some really uh, beautiful stuff. she's so talented. So we're getting 50% of the proceeds, 50% of the proceeds. And that being said, um, we've got to uh, finish up the show tonight. And I want to thank Marty Oak, ATS Radio Network. Uh, and I would like to thank Stephen Burke, 89.9, KRB-FM, Lighthouse Christian Radio. Cynthia, thanks for sharing with us so much tonight and for your strength, and please stay in touch. We think you are a great advocate, and we appreciate your candor. And you've just empowered tonight, I am sure, others to come and speak out. Uh, I'm Tanya Hathaway. Uh, Thank you. Seriously, I just can't thank you enough. Um, uh, thank you, Tina, for hosting uh, tonight with me. Appreciate it. Um, thank you. And, uh, I'm, and I am Tanya Hathaway with Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told. Please tune in this Sunday. Wishing everybody a happy, healthy, and a safe Thanksgiving. Thanks for tuning in. Good night, and God bless.